Queen's Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the 80s, I'd love to say queens rule, but they don't. Queens lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities. They're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queen's Lead Podcast. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Queen's Lead Podcast today. I am so honored to be joined by Joanna Beck. She is from North Carolina and she is the owner of Beck Insights. Welcome, Joanna. Thank you, Amy. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for being my guest. Please tell the guests a little bit about who you are. So as Amy said, my name is Joanna Beck and my business is Beck Insights. And I help companies create, document, and improve their processes so they can easily grow, add more clients, and increase their market value. So what that means is I'm kind of like a mechanic for your business. I will come in <laughs> and you know go under the hood and diagnose what you're doing, and I will work with you to make it run better, You know, get all eight cylinders firing where it needs to go. Um, document this so that as the owner, you can step away or step back a little bit. You can easily add more employees. You can easily bring on more clients. Um, so it's really more about standardization, being more efficient. And by doing all that and documenting it, it increases the value for when you went, want to sell the business eventually. Yes, definitely. And I think your tagline is frustration into peace of mind. Yes. That that's I know a lot of frustrated business owners. So tell us a little bit about your history as a person and kind of coming up and what prepared you to be able to one start your own business and to be an expert in this field specifically. So I've always been the type of person that can look at something and say, oh, there's a better way to do that. And so I've yeah. always done that. I mean, you're talking to the woman who for, you know, girlfriend's trips, I'm the one that organizes everything. We show up and rent the car. They step back and I pack the trunk, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it is. Here's the agenda. We're packing the trunk. Here's what we're doing. It's all planned. And are so, you always the one with like water and snacks too? And any group? Yeah, I make sure we have that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're um, like the mom of the whole group. Yeah. Or like a lot of times we have a kind of, we have a favorite spa in upstate New York and they have um, groups of rooms that kind of have like a, it's, there are three rooms attached to like what they call a club suite. So you have like a little, um, living room area and kind of a big table, which is great for a group of women that just want to catch up and hang out. Right. But it comes with certain, um, things like they stock the fridge with water. You get, uh, wine and cheese in the afternoon, you get cookies and milk at night. And so I'm always the one that's like, where's our stuff? And it's like, I'm calling like, this is included. Can you please send our wine up? You know, like I'm always the one that makes sure that everything, you know, they've said that this was what we're getting. We're actually getting it and all that. Yes. And they're all, and you know, we'll go, I'll go for a walk and come back and somebody will be like, join our wine and cheese isn't here yet. And I'm like, I'm on it. Don't worry about it. You know? <laughs> no, is this kind of your go-to way of being of even like as a little girl? Yeah. Like, I mean, I was the kid, you know, the coloring book, you would color the page and I would color everything. Like the sky was blue. I colored the sun in. it wasn't just like, I colored the animals or whatever it is. It was like the whole picture had to be colored. Like it was that. So that led me. um, And then I always loved math. I always loved physics. So I have an engineering degree. So I went in, which then just adds on to that. Right. Yes. yes. (laughs) The whole logical think through it, all that process. 
I worked in construction, which surprises a lot of people um, when you look at me and you talk to me, but I can out curse an iron worker. Um, I love it. Yeah. So I worked. Well, feel free to be yourself, please, because you were speaking to a registered nurse, oil field wife, and in construction industry as well. So we are good. We're a perfect pair. Perfect. (laughs) I love it. So that, you know, that was all about it has to be done a certain way. Logically, let's get that done. And then I moved on and went to business school. And then after business school, kind of went into internal operations positions which Mm -hmm. is a lot of, you know, let's document procedures, let's make this more efficient. And then due to a job change, um, I went into, I then moved on to a software company and they were all about, it was owned by a private equity firm, which means it was fast growth, tack on the acquisition, make it efficient and let's go. And so that's kind of really where I honed it. Um, And then due to a, a leadership change there, it was like, okay, well, let's, I'm, I'm kind of tired of doing this internally. Let's, let's help. You know, I've learned that a lot of businesses need this, even going to a restaurant or a retail store, just a matter of me looking around going, there's a better way to do this. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, I kind of brought that to the market and I'm not just, a, you know, I can coach and I can help you and talk you through it, but I can also implement. Mm. So that's what I do. Right. Like, I don't just say, Oh, you need a CRM. It's like, let's get the data, right? Let's get this implemented. Let's make sure that the work automated workflows work the way that you work, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I am there actually getting my hands into it and making sure it works for the way that you work. Yes. That's so, oh my gosh. I don't know how many business owners we talk to about just about marketing and and you say, okay, well, what's your process? What happens when you get a lead? Cause I want to make sure that we're going to be able to follow up and do these things. And what's your process? And the number of blank stares that begin to come across faces of business owners that have been doing it for a while, even sometimes you're, it's very shocking to see yeah. how much this is lacking in some places. And that's the thing I talk about with CRM. I'm like, you need your customers in one place. What if you want to let them know that you're having a special on something or that you have a new product or a new service? The people who worked with you before, you know, and had a good experience, they're going to want to work with you again. Yeah. So you have to tell them about what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. It's not a wait, it's not enough just to have their information in my Stripe or my Square account where they pay. <gasps> what? <laughs> Please tell me you also work with people about like knowing their logins and passwords and all of that as part of this. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, what a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. So how long have you been, um, now you left the corporate world and started doing this for others. And how long has that been now? It's been five years. So I incorporated my business on Valentine's day of 2017. Nice. That's amazing. So have you, did you have other people in your life that were like business owners or entrepreneurs, or, I mean, anybody that inspired you to, to know, like, wait, I can do this for me. So my mother um, owned, she was always in real estate for about, I want to say 20 years. Okay. She went out on her own and she opened two offices. She had two offices, two real estate offices with agents and everything that worked for her. And oh wow, she was a broker so she could, you know, have agents under her. And so she ran her own business and her father actually, which I, you know, didn't know as a child, but found out later, he had his own business. And so he designed corrugated packaging for, um, product companies. So, wow. I don't know if you remember you, I think you're probably younger than me, but toothpaste, you, you remember when the big innovation, it came in a pump. So you didn't have to squeeze the tube. Oh remember? yeah, for sure. So, it was like the tricolor. 
Aqua Fresh. Yeah, Aqua Fresh. That was my favorite. Yeah, I'm all about that. The packaging that all those boxes of the tubes that got sent, you know, they're the bulk shipments to the stores and everything. My grandfather yeah. designed those corrugated boxes. So yeah. How cool. So well, we that's got interesting. Fresh. <laughs> yeah. So you came by this kind of naturally then for sure. Yeah. yeah. Now I can imagine though, with all of your experience and like, let's just put the listeners minds at ease because so many people who listen to the show, who are, are trying to become a leader in business or in their community, they're going like, how do I do this? And I can honestly say, I'm pretty sure that even Joanna had some stumbling blocks in her way when she started this business, even with all of this expertise in systems and processes and corporate world. So talk to us a little bit about what some of those challenges have been in the last five years. So the big one for me is, um, you know, always working internally, the clients were already there. <laughs> yes, yes. So yes, um, that's a big one. Trying to go out and find clients, um, which you, Amy, and can help with immensely. So, um, and even having an MBA, you know, the marketing class I took was all about, um, you know, CPG, right? Like huge marketing, not anything you do as an entrepreneur. It wasn't focused on here's how you do LinkedIn with hashtags, right? Like also yeah. LinkedIn was invented the year I graduated. So again, yeah. Um, but so it's all that stuff about how do I market myself and what do I do? So that was huge. Um, I took, I luckily found like a, I think it was during the pandemic. Now that I think about it, it was during the pandemic and a, um, a woman here in the Charlotte area who runs a marketing agency taught like a class through, I don't even know, like a educations. I don't even know how I found it. And so it was a six week class and it was all about kind of social media marketing and marketing calendar, which was a great tool. Like, you know, I never thought I need a marketing calendar, but now I have one. So I know what nice. folks are doing. Um, yes. and she helped, she had office hours. So, you know, I, I got my 15 minutes and talked to her about what I do and how, what I was doing. And she was like, okay, that's great, but here's how you can step it up just a little bit. And so I've, I've done that. And so, you know, I market on, on LinkedIn. Um, I, and, um, I have a newsletter, which you're talking to the person I hate writing, but I write a blog every month and I send a newsletter with a couple other things to it. Um, I've had people respond, Hey, this is great. I really enjoy this. You know, it's just a way to keep in touch with people. And I've had, you know, people that I've put on the newsletter have reached out and said, Hey, this really resonated with me. I think I need to talk to you about hiring you. Right. Like it's, and it's all reusable. So the stuff that I put on LinkedIn, I stick in the newsletter and send out at the end of the month, right? Like, yes. but it's things that you have to learn like that, right? Like, oh, I need to do better with, you know, this isn't just me monitoring my online banking. This is actually, <laughs> you kind of have to report stuff to the IRS. You know, there's just little tweaks um, yeah. that even someone with an MBA had, had to learn and trip over. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So have you, um, I mean, obviously you have your own internal processes and, and things set up. Have you had to, um, well, you wait, let me go back. You mentioned uh, the, the money management. Like, so how do you know when to hire an expert or when to figure it out for yourself? So I look at it a couple of ways. 
So I've, I actually have just recently outsourced some of what I do to someone that I found on Upwork and she's wonderful and I'll be using her forever. If she ever leaves me, I'll know what I'm going to do. And I've known her for like two weeks, but awesome. so part of that outsourcing is what do you need your brain to do mm-hmm. and what can someone else do? So with what I do, a lot of what I do is just my experience and my thinking and my energy. And I talk to clients and I find out what they're doing and why they're doing it. And let's figure out is there a better way to do it? So I get all the brain stuff out and then I document it. And then she makes it look the way it looks, right? Like I don't need to yeah. spend time lining up boxes on a process map and drawing perfect arrow. Like, cause I can, because I am obsessive like that, but it's a waste of my time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So things like that, it's like, you realize what you're good at and what you can do, right? Like I have email templates for a lot of stuff. I can schedule my invoices. I don't need to pay someone to send my invoices when as a solopreneur, I really only have two or three clients a month because that's kind of the energy that I put into them. So I can't manage more. Um, And I don't need someone to send, I don't need to pay someone to send out my invoices. There's, you can schedule emails, quickly create your, your invoices, attach them to an email template, schedule the email, you're good to go. Your invoices, do it on the first of the month or the last of the month. You're invoicing for the rest of the month. You know, it's done. Yeah. Um, but some things like, um, I just went from being an LLC to an S corp, which is just different tax thing. Um, yeah. So I hired a bookkeeper because now she's keeping track of, you know, the, the financial forms that I need, or she was help. Like I have to pay myself now on a salary. Cause I'm technically an employee, not, you know, um, I don't just take an owner's draw all the time. And so I needed someone with that expertise, you know, I I'm not a CPA. And so she can also say, Hey, did you know, as here's a tip for a lot of people, did you know that as someone who works out of their home? So this office that you're seeing, this is my home office. And it's, I only use this room for my home office. And it's, you know, you can deduct that amount on your taxes, you know, for the space. Um, but because as the homeowner, I can rent my entire house back to my company for two weeks every year Yeah, and nice. pay myself from the company for renting the house. So that was something she told me. Cause I was like, I wish there was a way for me to just, you know, get a little bit more cash flow without increasing the salary. And so she went, looked into it and she's like, okay, you need to submit expenses for your cell phone bills and the company can pay for those. You can rent your house back to yourself for two, make sure it's 14 days or less. Send me, you know, send an invoice in, pay yourself. Like she's, it's just that knowledge stuff that I don't have. And yeah, I could go research stuff on the IRS website, but that's not the best use of my time. So find someone with that expertise. And for me, um, I, I, you know, my marketing isn't that big. And a lot of my stuff is referrals. So, um, you know, I don't need to outsource marketing, but I'm starting. To, I know a lot of people who outsource their blog writing, which for someone who hates writing, <laughs> but I'm like, how do, how do I get someone to speak in my own voice? And they're like, you just, it takes a little bit of time. And so that is kind of probably the next thing in the back of my head, like, okay, try and find someone to take this off of you, um, and do that. And even, um, you know, it, it doesn't take me long to slap my newsletter together because it's a template, but it's 15 minutes I could free up. And if I could outsource that to a VA or somebody else, right? So look at what does your brain actually need to do? um, And then find other people who can fill in what does your brain doesn't need to do. 
Nice. Yeah, that, that's huge. Um, knowing what we're good at and what we know how to do, then we can teach someone else to do that, especially if we have that process documented. Yep. <laughs> With Joanna. Mm -hmm. Links to files, little videos with showing quick snippets of how to do things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious just to know what are some of your favorite tools? You mentioned a CRM. I'm sure you have used and tried every tool, Asana, ClickUp, Salesforce, all of them. What are some of your favorites and, and why? So I, as far as what I recommend, it really depends on the business. Um, so I personally use HubSpot, the free version, just for mm -hmm. my CRM and tasks and deal flow, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Salesforce, I, uh, is expensive. I implemented that at the software company and it was, it was difficult to keep the expenses down to a million dollars. That's just, yeah. Yeah. I believe it. Um, implementing that. And then all of the licenses we paid for and, um, HubSpot, uh, interestingly enough, if you get the full suite with the marketing and the sales or service or whatever they call it, it's comparable, possibly more expensive than Salesforce. Yeah. You yeah, get I've heard full... some people paying a lot of money for that tool, but they love it Yeah, for the most it, part. It can do so much for you. So look at that. I mean, there's, um, I had a client who used 17 hats, which is another kind of CRM accounting whole uh, thing where you can do deal flow and send invoices, all that stuff. Um, I know people who love HoneyBook that does the same thing. HoneyBook can, um, you know, put your contracts in there and sign it. Um, I had one friend, she was really small. She has grown now, but when she was really small, she found a CRM called less annoying CRM. Oh, I love that name. It's incredibly inexpensive. Like I want to say it's probably $20 or less a month. Wow. Which is insane, yes. but it has the ability to interact with your email. So it can send things out. It can send contracts out for signature. Um, you can track, you can put some custom fields in group customers a certain way. It does interact with MailChimp. So if you do want to send targeted emails to certain groups, you can do that. So, you know, it's, it's small, it's not as huge and mighty as a Salesforce or a HubSpot, but it does what it does. So, sure. um, yeah, I use, I'm a big G Suite user. And so, you know, like I said, schedule your emails, create email templates. I have a, a whole document if somebody needs that um, as to how to create email templates, both in Outlook and in Gmail. Um, because then you're not, a lot of people are like, oh, I need to send out another proposal. So uh, let me go back through my email and find where I wrote that email to so-and-so when I sent that one, copy and paste. No, uh, your email template, pull it up. You know, what I recommend people do is either put the font bright red or highlight it yellow of things that you need to change to yes. personalize the email, slap yes. your proposal in there and hit send, right? Like, yeah. and your proposal should be standard. I have a standard proposal um, and it should not take you long to send out a proposal. Unless you're yeah. some like bidding a custom construction job, obviously, but sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So anything that can, I use, um, lucid chart to do my process maps. I have friends who are big into, you know, creating processes for their own companies and they use a program called uh, process street. Um, and I did actually sit 
with someone. So I do sometimes sit with companies and, you know, they'll pay me for half a day and I sit there and tell them how their day could be <laughs> better, more efficient. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I've done that. And, uh, and so at this one company, they brought up process street and they were like, Oh, okay. Well then I click through here and I do this and I do that. And after all that, I said, you know, your CRM could do that for you. You could automate your CRM to do those six steps that you just showed me that you click and hand you in there. Yeah. And we don't know what we don't know. That's yeah. one thing I learn. Uh, the further I go along in business, I understand. I, I am still learning things that the G suite has to offer. Like, and I mean, I set these up for people. We help, you know, and I'm still learning about it. Not one person can know all the things and it's high time. We quit pretending like we do Yeah, <laughs> and just know what you don't know. And, and I, for, for all those different kinds of tools, I don't know how early on in business, I don't know how long. I obsessed over visiting their website, doing the demo, trying to figure it mm -hmm. out, trying to make it work. And if I would have just picked something and moved forward with it, it would have been so much easier because <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. So if it's good enough, use it. It doesn't have to do that thing you're not going to use anyway, you know? If it's good enough, use it. You can get all of your data out. You can execute right. everything. So I have a client who he's, kind of in the construction industry, it's, he's a J, you know, he, it, he would be a subcontractor in the construction. Yeah. And so he found a, an ERP system that was tailored to his specific niche. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. And I sat on these, um, demo calls and everything. And so I was the one implementing his CRM and I did all the products and all the pricing and uploaded and created the catalog and all the components. So, you know, he's bidding something and picks a specific thing that it also includes everything else, right? Like mm -hmm. um, that is related to that. So it adds into the estimate and bringing all this stuff up. And he was, you know, and it's, it was a little clunky and I was like, it's clunky, but I can make this. I know how you're right. I've written with your sales guys. I know the estimating, the quoting process. I know how you work in the office. I will set this up to best work for what you do. Now, are we going to have to tweak some of your processes? Yes, because software, if it works exactly the way you work, is really expensive and you bought something out of the box. So we're going to make this work. Mm -hmm. And he called me. I think he might've even texted. I think he was probably afraid to call. Um, last week texted and said, I found something better. I want to cancel <laughs> this product that, you know, this CR, this, software that I've been implementing for like four months now. Um, and I said, well, don't cancel until I can get all of your data out of it. Yeah. That's the number one thing I have to get your data out. Yeah. So we, I downloaded all of his data. I'm like, cancel it. Cause they're going to hit you with another payment on the ninth. We're done. And so, I, and he's now said, I like this. I think it's going to work better. I said, okay, we'll move on to that. Right. Like we did it. We tried it. We got it to semi and it, it just didn't work. And yeah. so he said, you know, I've talked to other experts and, and this guy, this is someone who researched for a year, all of his different options and chose this. Wow. And, and then, then found out once he started using the thing that it wasn't going to work. It wasn't, or he wasn't best. happy. Yeah. And so then he talked to somebody else and he did some demos for something else. He's like, I, I think we should do this. And I said, okay, we'll get your data out and we'll get it in this new one and see, and set up the process and see how it all integrates and works. Yeah. yeah. Are you, do yeah. you find that, and I hear, we talk to so many business owners that do have that bespoke just for home services or just for plumbers or just for painters or just for chiropractors. And what we're finding is almost every single one of these platforms, programs, sales, whatever, are, are so 
they're so specific that they, they often are limiting when they begin to grow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, some of them are great. There are some really great, I do know there are some offerings for people in the service trades and the building trades that are good for that mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, but you have to make sure it works with what you do. Yeah. So, you know, something a little bit more um, general, and then you can create templates and create workflows that work for the way you do, right? Um, could be better. Now, I had a client that was, um, she's a maid service, and they had a specific, it was called Zen Maid. And there is something built for that cleaning service for that industry. It was great. She gave me access to it. It was great. And I was like, hey, you need to use more of this. Yeah, fully to make your life better. You know, I want you to start using these automated notifications. I want you to start using this. And I even went in and I told her after I had, you know, because she hired me to do just an evaluation and give her a report about here's how your processes are. Here's what I recommend that you like fix and move on. And, and so I told her, I said, by the way, I went in and into their like system because they have a way to say, oh, tell us what features you want next. I'm like, I voted on some of these that would really help your business. Yes, yes. Yeah. I've been the recipient of those types of feedback from softwares in all the time. And it's like, oh my gosh, they took my feedback and they implemented it. That's amazing. Always give them that feedback. Yeah. <laughs> I so, love that. Um, you know, some of them work and some of them don't. And you have, don't, you know, you could spend, like I said, my client spent a year researching and finally pulled the trigger. And then it turns out it wasn't, it wasn't working. So don't punish yourself because of it. And the best thing he did was he decided for the first year, he was going to pay monthly, which for a lot of software is more expensive. Every, you know, everybody wants to give you a discount for paying up front, but, but he's now able to get, you know, stop paying because he decided to pay monthly, especially while we were implementing and getting it all ramped up, which is probably gave him the confidence to say, this isn't working. Let's cut it. Yeah. Pay monthly and then fail fast and move on. If it doesn't work, just quit it. Don't try to make it work for you. If it's not going to work for you. Right. No. Yeah. I'm so curious to know, you said, you mentioned that you uh, go in and just observe sometimes. You said you rode along with that one client to know kind of their industry. Um, What is the feedback like and how much tact do you have to deliver it with sometimes when you're going, bro, this is so broke. This is broke, broke, broke. You got to redo this. I, um, I'm a very, I'm a very blunt, direct person. And that's my personality. And I have a client who I used her as a referral. And so she spoke to a potential client for me and said, look, I'm going to be honest. She's going to tell you what you need to hear. She's not going to deliver it the way you want to hear it. She's like, she doesn't flower anything up. It's just straight truth. And that's how she's going to give you the feedback. And so that's just kind of how I am. And so um, my first ride along with the sales guy, he had written up some processes. And so I had read those. So all of my clients give me access to everything and they are shocked when I actually read everything. Yeah. I bet. So I'm, I'm sitting with the guy who wrote the sales process. And so we get there and we, and you know, he goes through it and I, I, and they're very, they're like, oh, you know, she's, she's here to observe to help. She's helping us make our company more efficient or, you know, they do explain why this weird lady is just standing there watching everything. Yeah. 
And, um, and so we get back into his truck and he's like, well, how'd that go? And I said, well, why didn't you do these two or three things? And he's like, what? And I said, they were in the process. You wrote the process. Why didn't you follow it? Ah, what was his answer to that? He just uh, laughed. He was like, I, uh, and I said, I'm just teasing you, but I, you need to know that I read yeah. this. Yeah. And if you're um, not willing to follow your own process, how do you expect a team member to follow it? Yeah. Not going to happen. So, yeah. So it's, I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, um, and even sitting next or sitting next to someone or even doing a zoom while someone's showing you kind of what they do and stepping through things. It's not, I'm not accusing them. It's like, Oh, okay. Well, why do you do that? Oh, okay. Well, and I had this with a client recently. Well, you know that you have HubSpot and that would do that for you. Why don't you? Oh, cause our clients don't like those automated things. And I'm like, your clients don't know they're coming from us. <laughs> they you don't. don't want to use the automated tool. That's yeah. But I've also found that they'll throw each other under the bus. Oh, okay. So once you get, once that person gets comfortable and starts talking about how they do things, they'll then say, well, you know, so-and-so won't do this or so-and-so won't hold so the other person accountable. Or, so you get a lot of the background mm -hmm. while you're just talking about what they do. So then as you move on, or even as I now have, I report back to the managing partner of one of my clients, um, it's like, okay, well, this is how we're doing it. And by the way, people aren't being held accountable. And that's just coming top down, meaning you are not holding people accountable. Yeah. So I do have to deliver that back, but I'm also not on payroll. So, okay, you can cancel my contract if you don't want to hear that, but I'm sure. still going to deliver it because you need to hear that. And along with that, just so adjacent, I can't imagine how many culture um, issues you uncover in companies when you're getting this feedback from so-and-so is not being held accountable. So-and-so does it this way, but I do it this way. Uh, are there, is there some breakdown in cult, company culture and, and um, morale sometimes? Yeah. yeah. So I'll, you know, I will get, um, I'll get that. And then uh, it's okay. Well, I had one client who needed help onboarding. She was a small marketing firm and they were growing. Um which is a huge culture change, right? When you add people, cause it's very small. I think there are probably maybe five or six people when they hired me, right? And adding mm -hmm. one more person is, my gosh, that's rocking yeah. the boat, right? Yeah. So um, it was, a lot of it was kind of the onboarding plan, but then it was also about helping them with the culture, right? And so I then had to talk, I talked to them, okay, here's, here's what you want them to do, but let's talk about how you want them to do things, right? Mm -hmm. So- you know, in your company, do people just, you have a shared calendar. Is it okay if I, as the new employee were to just put a meeting on your calendar and grab the time, or does it have to be addressed before that? Right. Or, um, th there was, uh, the owner of the, that business, she, um, a, the, a lot of employees were coming to her with questions, you know, without solutions. And so a lot of her time was then being dragged back into the day-to-day -day solving problems. And so then we kind of talked about and added into this employee onboarding, kind of the culture of problem solving and trying to seek solutions and how to bring your teammates in to you know, ask questions with all that stuff. And then, yes, it's a problem, but bring it to, hey, here's my suggested solution. And I also worked with her about, well, you need to stop answering their questions. Cause that's the easy route, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know the I'm just going to go ask somebody else. Mm -hmm. So then I said, I had that when I, you know, I had direct reports when I worked in corporate, I said, so what I would do 
was ask them, well, how do you think we should solve it? What do you know? And it was, yeah, you may know the answer because you've been working for 20 years, but you're not helping them. You're not building your team or anything. You're not being a leader. Yeah. yeah. So I would help them. And one, one guy who was, I think a year out of college or something, when he came to work for me, I told him I was doing it. And I said, look, I want to help you grow and build your problem solving skills and work on all this. So when you come to me with a question, I'm going to question you back and help you work through this. So yes. if you ever just need the answer, you need to tell me up front, I just need the answer and then ask me the question. So he would every once in a while stick his head in my office and say, I just need an answer and ask a question. And I just, and he'd be like, okay, thanks. Right. And, but most of the time he would come in and we'd talk through the problem and he'd, you know, come through the solution and, and he really appreciated it. And so that's yeah. a way to help the culture. Um, and I'm also another way from that I help with the culture is when I do these ride-alongs or I sit with employees who give me feedback and they're comfortable knowing that I'm going to give that feedback to the owner without yeah. it coming directly from them, right? At a small business, mm -hmm. that's a little bit. Yeah, that's kind of scary for, for an scary. employee. And when an owner pays for me to come in, you know, that they might listen to me more than someone that they hired, right? So I can deliver mm -hmm. that feedback. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it's, so they, you know, I'm an ally where they know that I can help, but it's also, yeah. I love that. That's so an expectation setting, like you said, with your own employee, like if you just need the answer, say you just need the answer. Otherwise I'm going to show you how or mm -hmm. further question you to help you discover how, because you probably already know. Yeah. 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 That's huge. I love that. So talk to us a little bit about, I, I love to um, uncover, obviously the, the podcast is Queens Lead and you are a leader in many ways in your community out there in North Carolina. But one of the things you do is mentor high school students. Talk a little bit about that. So this, the Carolina Youth, Co Carolina Youth Coalition, Coalition is an organization that helps high achieving, low income, first generation students get into and succeed in college. And so what they do is it started, must've been five years ago, cause I'm on my fifth. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I started with them. So they started, um, this foundation actually started in Baton Rouge. And so okay. they have the Baton Rouge Youth Coalition. And then the, um, the company that kind of seeded it, moved their headquarters from Baton Rouge, Louisiana to Charlotte, North Carolina and said, hey, we wanna do this here in Charlotte too. And so they brought somebody from Baton Rouge. He's now the executive director here in Charlotte. And so they, they help these kids. They give them tutoring for school if they need it. Because um, high achieving kids, low income, these are the high schools where if they're kind of, they're not a troublemaker in class. They're not, you know, struggling in class. So they're kind of overlooked, right? They're not, mm -hmm. child, yeah. so the counselors aren't dealing with them. The ones know. that maintain that status quo and or do well typically go to the back burner because they're not a problem. Yeah, but they could, yeah. Be, doing, they could be doing so much more. And so this organization mm -hmm. gives them ACT tutoring. So to help them get their scores up, because a lot yeah. of this demographic doesn't test well. Mm -hmm. um, and so they pair them, they give them writing coaches to help them write their essays for college. And, you know, I think if they need it for class, they do. Um, and then as seniors, they pair them with a college mentor. And 
when I first joined, so I met the executive director through um, my alumni organization, uh, my undergraduate, we had a, an alumni event and I met him there. Um, and we talked about it and I said, you know, I could probably be a math tutor or something. You know, I have enough math in my background with an engineering degree. He's like, no, I want you to be a college mentor. And I said, these kids are not going to want to listen to some middle-aged white lady. Right. He goes, no, you're exactly who we need because you've been through this and your parents went, these kids have no clue what they're getting into. They have no idea. And so I just, you know, I always say I push them a little harder than they would push themselves. Yeah. So we, you know, we start applying for scholarships in September. We do college applications. We get their FAFSA done. We do, I push them, you know, they're always afraid to ask for recommendations. And I said, look, you're going to have to get over this because every scholarship requires at least one recommendation. Mm-hmm. And I said, in my age, the teachers had to type it on a typewriter, yeah. right? put it in an envelope and mail it. I said, at yeah, least lick the stamp. They save it on their computer and you give them an email address and they email it like all they, and if it's probably generic enough that they could hit send like eight different times. Yes. Um, so yeah, so we do all that. Um, there's so many resources out there. A lot of colleges provide, um, free visits for admitted students, um, who can't, who normally couldn't, you know, afford to go visit after they were admitted. So I pushed them to ask is there money to get me to come? And they hate that. Um, they hate asking for stuff, right? Cause they're not, they're used to just kind of being left behind. And so mm. the, with the work on the scholarships and their financial situation with their families, the four I have, so I'm going to brag on them a bit. Do it. One, she is a senior nursing student at the university of Pennsylvania. She is in the Benjamin Franklin Honors College and will be graduating with honors. This, she um, has like a 3.9 grade point average. Wow. At the University wow. of Pennsylvania. The second one is a, she's a junior at the, at Brown University. She's a nice. Gate Fellow. <laughs> so that's. Wow. Um, and she, I think, probably has already secured a summer internship for this coming summer and will be studying abroad in the spring. Wow. So I've got her. That's incredible. I have a sophomore at Grinnell College out in Iowa. And this is a girl, our first meeting insisted she was, she had to stay in North Carolina to go to college. She's now in Iowa. (laughs) Going for free, which thrilled her parents because they could not, um, they could not afford it just because of health issues and all kinds of other stuff. Um, So she is double majoring in computer science and sociology. And she's wow. very interested in cybersecurity. She she taught for girls who code this past summer. And um, she's looking at maybe interning with the FBI or the NSA or something like that. Wow, yeah. cool. And wow. then the latest graduate is attending Wake Forest, where she is going to be studying political science. Um, we're so excited because Wake Forest has a uh, Wake in Washington program where she can intern for an elected official and also take classes. How cool. Um, they also have like, I want to say 70 or 80% of their students tr- study abroad. So we've talked about, you know, where does she want to study abroad and all that stuff. And so, you know, they're just, they're loving it. And what I think I'm you know, I've always, I work with them past the school year. So, you know, yeah, we got you into college, but now let's talk about since three of the four are now in climates that they did not grow up in. 
And <laughs> grown up in the Northeast and gone to college even farther north, um, we deal with winter boots and winter coats. And I don't care if you think it's ugly, that's going to keep you warm. <laughs> you know, all of this stuff. Um, and I deal with kind of the social transitions, right? Because their communities are majority minority. And so, mm-hmm. you know, they don't know what it's like to be minority, minority at a predominantly yeah. white institution. And so we talk about, especially these very um, wealthy institutions, kind of what they're they're going to be seeing and kind of the attitudes of the people they're going to be dealing with. And, um, you know, I'm just there as a sounding board. And if you want to talk about anything, right, I had one of them call me I think orientation week. And it was like, we I talked about sex and condoms and things that were just available on campus. Right. That. Yeah. Hey, okay, yeah, we can talk about that. And, you know, I'm here just to, as a sounding board and they've all stayed in touch and I get texts and emails and sometimes we get zoom calls and anytime they're in town, we grab ice cream or lunch or something. So, wow. Um, yeah. It's, that sounds incredibly fulfilling. It's so fulfilling and I can't, you know, like I said, they earn, and I make them tell me that they earned it. Right. I didn't do any of the essays or the interviews or the standardized tests. Like I did that mm-hmm. 25 years ago. I didn't. Right. You earned this. And I make them tell me they earned it. And I make them as we work together, I make sure that they're comfortable. A lot of them have taken community college classes or something, um, or even classes at the local university. So I make sure that they have the experience of going and asking for help and going to office hours because that was something that I went to college and had no idea how to access or do any of that. So I wanna make sure to set them up that they're comfortable with that. And then the foundation also has someone on staff that keeps checking in with them. They send care packages, um, all kinds of stuff just to make sure they're doing well. Um, they're, that staff of the, of the Carolina Youth Coalition is very well versed on all the student resources on their campuses. So if they are having trouble, kind of the tutoring resources, the writing resources, the counseling resources that are there in case they're having you know some emotional or just adjustment issues. So, mm-hmm. you know, it takes a village, but, you know, I'm going to graduation in Philadelphia in May because she's, she's graduating. So, yeah. That's so cool. Like my face hurts from smiling. That's so incredible. I can't yeah. imagine yeah. getting that relationship early on. And now you're like going to their college graduation and they're going to be friends, you know, yeah. like forever probably. And, and they, you and- know, they bring it up. I, you know, I just had, you know, so last time I talked to every time this year, actually the one who's at Penn, every time she calls, she's like, you're coming to graduation. I'm like, I've told you I'm coming like on my calendar I just need you just need to tell me like how long I need to be there right so that I can book my stuff and and the one at Brown we had lunch um she was home Labor Day weekend because their semester starts a little bit later and um so we were talking about her graduation and she's like oh and so then I pulled up my calendar and I hadn't even remembered that I had done this so I flipped forward to the year she's graduating I said oh it's already in here you're graduating this day and she was so excited I (laughs) put her graduation in my calendar I was like well I told you I was coming to your graduation like I told you I come to high school I come to college graduation that's you know that's Mm -hmm. you get through this I will be there to celebrate with you and so she was just I can't imagine having someone like you back then, you know, right. like filling out my FAFSA and I mean, my parents had no idea about it. You know, it was all on us and there's counselors at school there. They can't handle a thousand kids graduating and do that for them. You can educate so much, but getting a teenage kid essentially to take action on something that is super important for their future, then helping them navigate that road is, is so valuable. And 
um, that individual attention that they each receive that that's got to really help them along in that college career with just the confidence alone and knowing somebody's got my back. There's an adult, like a whole ass grown up that wants to help me. That's amazing. Yeah. And, it's, <laughs> and I, I put it on them. I'm like, okay, you know, this week, this is what you need to get done. So next time we meet once a week for about an hour, some, you know, a lot of times we end up chatting longer than an hour, but, um, and this is what you need to have done next week. And I don't bug them. I don't text them and be like, did you get it done? Or this was due today. No, it's on you to do this, right? You get to college, you're going to be given homework and it right. Has to be done, right. Like, so we do that. But as far as the schools, I am, I can't even talk about just the resources they don't have. Um, I had one, the Gates fellow was salutatorian of her class and the college counselor, when so the Carolina Youth Coalition has them apply to a ton of schools, right? And mm -hmm. they have different, they have like reach, target, and like safety, right? To make sure, and they have to have a certain number of schools like in each bucket to apply to. And um, and so kind of the Gates Fellow, her like target, and they make them apply to in-state schools as well. So she had applied to Chapel Hill, North, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and NC State, in-state. In and when she told the college counselor this at her high school, the college counselor told her she was aiming too high and she should also apply. Yeah. Salutatorian of her class turns out to be a Gates fellow, Gates fellow attending an Ivy League university was told she was aiming too high for her in-state universities. Yeah. And so she came to our meeting. It happened the day that we were meeting. She came to our meeting and I said, you don't ever speak to that woman again because you're not aiming too high. And if you lower your expectations, I'm not working with you anymore. Like I know what you can do. And now wow. has no idea who you are. Can we please clear the high school campuses of limiting mindsets in adults? Yeah. And I said, what that, the I, heck? Said, I said, here's the difference. Like she can say that to you. If anyone had said that to me, my mother would have burned that high school down. Right. Because, you know, wow. I, I had, you know, the involved parent who knew, right. Her parent, you know, her parents are immigrants. So it's like, okay. Yeah. You know, and all these kids of immigrants, they work so hard, but the parents don't know the situation or what's mm -hmm. happening, right? Like they know they have to sign these forms or show up for parents night and it's not all that stuff. And it's like, I was like, oh no, no. If no I, we're going to rectify some stuff right now. Yeah, I'm like, I am so tempted to go into that high school and really put my foot down and have a fit. And then Might be a strongly worded letter coming from yeah. me, like looking like what's his name on them, you know, <laughs> What's the meme of uh, Jim Carrey when he's God, you know, he's answering all the prayers, like <sighs> furiously yeah. typing. I, wow. I mean, I had that, I had that with the nursing student at Penn. So she was, she not only graduated from high school with honors, she also got an associate's degree in science at the same time. So as yeah. a senior, then also have, because that's what the school district here pushes mm -hmm. for certain demographics. And um, the counselor at the community college told her, well, maybe you should just take another year and get your EMT certification. Why? Meanwhile, this is an, an, yet another one going to an Ivy League school who they're wow. like, yeah, maybe you should just, I was like, we're done. Stop talking to these people. Just go take class and come home. Like, stop right. talking. Oh my gosh, that's insane. Well, yeah. they're very lucky to have you in your queendom leadership leading the way for mm -hmm. them. Thank you for that. That's incredible. And I'm sure their parents and and they, their future selves will also thank you.
for the success that they will see because of your influence. That's incredible. Their parents have thanked me. I have one who said I'm, you know, forever part of their family. And I said, your daughter did it all on her own. This is, stop thanking me. Like you need to look at your daughter and realize what she did. Yeah. That's it. Oh, I love that. Well, tell the listeners. So I think we've like chatted up until the very end of your time. Um, I want to respect that for sure. So tell the listeners where they can find you if they are frustrated in business and need peace of mind with processes. How do they get in touch with you and, and engage your business? So um, you can go to my website. I have a contact form. The website is Beck, www.beckinsights, B as in boy, E-C-K-I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, Joanna Beck. And my, um, you know, my personal link is just LinkedIn backslash Joanna Beck. And then uh, Beck Insights is also on there. Um, You know, find that, uh, send me an email. I'm pretty sure Amy will have my contact information when you... um, you know, see this video in the comments or in the link, or, you know, I'm not, I'm of the age where I'm not exactly tech savvy or know what to say. (laughs) um, I'd love to hear from any of you. And I always tell people, look, the length of a cup of coffee, I will give you as much advice as you can handle. And, you know, we'll go from there. You stay in touch. And when you finally need me, I'll help you, you know, in a paid position, but I'm not going to tell you no, or that you have to pay for my time when you just need a little advice. So there you go. If nothing else, you can go hop on her uh, email list and get her newsletter with some valuable tips that, that might uh, even expose some areas of um, frustration that you can solve. Now, do the people, do your clients have to be in North Carolina or can you work with people pretty much anywhere? I can work with people anywhere. Um, A lot of what I do can be done virtually. I've had so many meetings where I can meet with people virtually, find out what they do. Um, You know, like I said, the one client was kind of in a construction industry. So riding along with his sales guys made sense, but we can always talk about that. You know, if you do have that type of situation um, where you think I'm needed, um, I might disagree and say, I'm not needed to be in your space, but we can talk about, you know, me coming to you and visiting. Um, you know, I have no fear of planes. There <laughs> I, you have go. Valid, I have a valid passport if that is needed. So, um, you know, I, top solutions will travel. Exactly. So, you know, we can figure out what works best for you and, um, it may be one visit and then just follow up virtually or, or what have you. So yeah, especially during the pandemic, there was nothing in person. So right. I do know that this is very, very much available and, you know, And my clients all give me remote access to their systems. So I don't need to come into your office to get on a computer to read through all of your documents and your contracts and everything that you have. Um, Everybody, especially now post-pandemic, has the way to get in virtually. And I do, they give me a a login um, so we can keep files safe. Or if they're on uh, Google Drive, they give me access, you know, with a secure access, that kind of thing. So I can save their documents where they want them. Um, and Perfect. Yep. Awesome. Well, you guys heard it here straight from Joanna Beck with Beck Insights. Thank you so much for being my guest today. And thank you for being a queen that leads. Thank you so much, Amy. And for everything that you're doing for women business owners, I truly salute you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs>